Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We've been looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, and we've come through his first missionary journey through Cyprus and then up into Asia Minor and several of the cities there, and we saw uh, the churches that were started by Paul and Barnabas in our last several sessions. Uh, Today, we're looking uh, to begin at Acts chapter 15 and verse 1, and it says, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers... Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And now what we're going to do today is we have a little bit of an interlude uh, where many believe between the end of chapter 14 of Acts and the beginning of chapter 15, you've got several events that, that take place that lead Paul to write uh, perhaps his first letter Uh, to the churches in Asia Minor. And so we're going to take a pause from the book of Acts and look at Paul's letter to the Galatians as it most likely fits in chronologically here. Let's pray as we begin today. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the life of Paul. We thank you for uh, the missionary journey that he took with Barnabas to Cyprus and to the churches that began in Asia Minor. And now as we see some challenges to the gospel ministry uh, of, of Paul and Barnabas there, we ask that as we look into the letter to the Galatians, Uh, that you would give us insight into Paul's heart in writing these things uh, to the churches of Asia Minor, and that we would also glean lessons for our lives today from them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So many believe that there were uh, Jews that came down from Judea, as it says in Acts chapter 15 and verse 1, and that during the time between the end of the first missionary journey, when Paul and Barnabas are back in Antioch of Syria, and the events of uh, chapter 15 a little bit later down with the Jerusalem Council that we'll look at in the future, these uh, Jews, uh, they were Jewish believers in Jesus, but they were strict adherents to the law of Moses. And they actually followed after Paul and Barnabas, hearing about their ministry to the Gentiles, and were zealous for the law and wanting these uh, converts to the Lord Jesus Christ to make sure that they adhered fully to the law of Moses. Well, this raises the first major uh, uh attack or um, critique of the gospel in the ministry of Paul and Barnabas, the question now that they're going to deal with is, do believers in Christ need to observe the law of Moses as a prerequisite to faith in Christ? And in order to answer this question, We're going to see that the apostles convene together. They will have a council in the city of Jerusalem where they will discuss this and uh, deliver a verdict on what they believe uh, the Spirit was teaching them and what the Spirit would have them do. 
but also we have Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia, Southern Asia Minor. These are the churches that we saw in the first missionary journey, the city of Antioch and Pisidia, Iconium, uh, Lystra, and Derbe. And so Paul is writing this letter to encourage these believers to remain true to Christ and faith in him alone for their salvation and not to turn away to another gospel. So in summarizing and overviewing the book of Galatians, what I want to do is just look at each of the chapters and talk about some of the major teaching that Paul presents throughout the six chapters of this short letter of the book of Galatians. First of all, in the first chapter, he gives a short greeting, uh, speaking of himself as an apostle, not from men, not through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So already he's presenting uh, his credentials. We'll see that Paul is somewhat being attacked by uh, the Judaizers, the Jewish Christian believers who were perhaps from the Pharisee sect who were following after him and teaching that uh, you needed to be circumcised. You needed to follow the rules and regulations of the Mosaic law in order to really be a follower of Christ. And they attacked Paul perhaps as not being as rigorous as he should have been. In verses 5 through 10 of chapter 1, Paul warns the Galatians against turning away to what he calls another gospel. Uh, this is very important for us to understand. When you take faith in Jesus Christ, the good news of what Jesus has done that's presented in the Word of God, if you add anything else to it, you are corrupting it and creating another gospel. That's what Paul says here. The Galatians were told clearly by Paul not to turn to something else, but to stay true to what they had been taught, that they needed to believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, not to do anything else. There were no works that were necessary to accompany this salvation. Now, in verses 11 through 24, of chapter 1, Paul defends the gospel he preached and his credentials. He says, the gospel was not man's, but Christ's. In verses 16 and 17, he says he received it from Christ. Think about his uh, encounter with the risen Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. He says after he received it from Christ, uh, he was with the apostles for a short amount of time. He was with Peter for 15 days, but only saw really him and James, we read in verses 18 through 21. So this uh, gospel that Paul is proclaiming is not some concoction that the apostles came up with. It was divinely revealed to him by Jesus Christ himself. It was confirmed and verified for him when in, in the presence of Peter, but it's not as if the apostles got together for an extended amount of time and created this whole idea. He says uh, even after his time with Peter and James, he remained mostly unknown to the churches in Judea other than the rumors that they had heard about his conversion. So he gives us uh, the credentials of the gospel that he proclaimed to the Galatians, to the churches in southern Asia Minor. In chapter 2, he talks about his 
ministry to the Gentiles being made known to the apostles in verses 1 through 10. He says he went to Jerusalem with Barnabas and Titus to make sure the gospel he was preaching among the Gentiles was true and right. Uh, many scholars believe this is probably the journey that Paul and Barnabas took together at the end of Acts chapter 11 and in Acts chapter 12, where they take a relief gift to the church in Jerusalem during the famine there. Uh, some false brothers, he says, probably these are early Judaizers uh, in verse 4 of chapter 2, wanted to bring them under slavery. This is very strong language that Paul is using here. Uh, in other words, they wanted to have them hold to, adhere to the law of Moses. Paul likens this to being brought under slavery once again. Uh, but when the apostles had seen that he had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been given the gospel to take to the circumcised, to the Jews, and that he had the uh, uh, blessing of the apostles, who were the pillars in the church, like Peter, who had been in the house of Cornelius, he had seen the Holy Spirit come down upon Gentiles. When they had seen this, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Paul and Barnabas, asking them only to remember the poor. Now, in verses 11 through 14, however, later on, sometime that we don't have recorded explicitly in the book of Acts, uh, Peter comes up to Antioch, and he is separating himself from the Gentile believers there and eating exclusively with Jewish believers. Perhaps this took place after he fled the city of Jerusalem at the end of Acts chapter 12. We don't know for sure. Paul says that he opposed him to his face for separating from Gentiles because of the circumcision party. And he says even Barnabas was led astray uh, at this time in verse 13. In verse 14 of chapter 2, uh, he's going to say, In Christ all are on equal ground because of the cross. He said, When I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? In Christ... There is neither, Paul will say, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all leveled and on the same ground because of the cross. All have sinned, we will read in, in Romans chapter 3, and have fallen short of the glory of God. Paul goes on to explain in verses 15 through 21, justification is by faith and not by works, in contrast to what the circumcision party, the, the Judaizers were teaching, the works of the law had no power to save. In fact, he says this explicitly in verse 16, by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Then he says in verses 19 through 20, some very powerful statements here, for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. He could not be stronger here. He could not be clearer. We do not need to adhere to the law of Moses. Salvation comes, justification in God's eyes comes by faith as a result of God's grace alone. Then we proceed on to chapter 3, and in this chapter, Paul gives a, a great presentation of justification that occurs by faith apart from works. In verses 1 through 9, he asks rhetorical questions, getting the Galatians to think about how the Spirit came to them. His point in these questions is to show that it was by faith alone that the Spirit was imparted to them when they believed and not as a result of anything that they had done, and that their growth as Christians is also by faith and not by works. It's not as though we come to faith in Christ uh, and salvation by faith alone, but now that we're saved, we need to uh, work to maintain our salvation. That salvation is maintained for us by Christ. He says that God's plan all along was to justify the Gentiles by faith. And he points back to Genesis chapter 12, where we read about uh, in Abraham, in, in God's promise to Abraham, God said to him, in you, all the nations, all the families of the earth will be blessed. God's desire all along was to justify the Gentiles uh, through faith through the, the life of Abraham and his descendants, and ultimately uh, the greatest descendant of Abraham, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in verses 10 through 14, we read about the contrast between trying to keep the law, for the law brings a curse because no one can keep it fully. There's a contrast between the law and between faith. Jesus became a curse for us, by hanging on a tree, according to Deuteronomy 21, anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. And in verses 15 through 29, uh, the law and the promise are further contrasted. The giving of the law did not nullify the promise that was made to Abraham. So why was the law given in the first place? What well, was given because of transgressions as a check or a hold on sin. So the law is not contrary to the promises of God, but held Israel captive uh, because of sin until the revealing uh, or the coming of faith. Now, next time we'll continue on in our discussion of justification from Galatians chapter 3. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu.